Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. Now, the sustainability momentum has accelerated robustly in the past 12 months in Singapore. This according to Schneider Electric's Building a Greener Singapore report. In fact, 90% of business leaders say they now work for organizations with sustainability strategies and policies. At least they have these in place. Just a year ago, this figure was just 67%. The study also found that cultural change was identified as the largest barrier to organizations implementing a climate action plan. With these findings presenting promising trends, how will the sustainability landscape in Singapore continue to grow? Yun Yang Kim, Cluster President, Singapore, Malaysia and Brunei from Schneider Electric, joins us on the line to help us out. Hi, Yang Kim. Hello, Bharati. Good afternoon. Okay, so as usual, the devil is in the details. Sure, these business leaders are saying that their organizations have sustainability strategies and policies. But how sound are these strategies and policies really? Yeah, in fact, I'm very proud of sharing this report that was already more than a year. This is a second edition where we uh, conducted this during uh, end of October. And in fact, it's about 500 business leaders in Singapore and uh, SMEs as well as MNC. And we found a lot of interesting data. And some of the data that I would like to share this moment is 90% of the business leader stated that they now work for organizations with sustainability strategies and policies uh, compared to 67% a year ago. And those who believe their organization are performing very strongly on climate change has also doubled 37%, which was 17 years ago. And 54% of the organization in Singapore, including SMEs, are making sustainability a central part of their corporate strategy. This is up to 41% back in 2021. Organizations are also increasingly aligning themselves with the global standards of measurement targets like uh, SPTI and so on, which is increasing, almost doubling the number. And incredibly, the technological adoption is continuing to, to drive momentum, where nine of ten organizations are saying that they are using more technology to address the sustainability challenges. But in the other hand, the interesting part is that the most biggest challenge is the cultural change and the leadership confidence, and which in the leadership before it was 33% that they were saying that leadership is advancing and uh, now only 40%, actually opposite numbers, sorry. So 33% now and 40%. The confidence level was before even higher. I think this comes with more acquaintance, more knowledge and more engagement on this journey. Now is getting more and more understanding of the details and the challenges and they want leadership as well to take the role. Okay, so back to what I was getting at earlier. How sound really are all of these policies? I mean, over the last few years, there have been questions over what's ethical. For example, the issue of greenwashing and other ways in which countries and companies try to shape perceptions without really furthering sustainability. For example, the practice of rich countries funding projects in poorer nations to reduce emissions in those countries and then taking credit for those emissions reduction. 
options. Or if we want to talk about companies, the issue of sustainability-linked bonds, yet another way for companies to secure cheaper financing and a green reputation, but minimal effort to actually deliver on climate goals. Or companies committing carbon footprint arbitrage. You know what I'm getting at, right? That it would be natural for consumers to be suspicious of companies' green claims. You are totally right, Bharati. There are a lot of greenwashing aspects and approach as well as a lot of, you know, carbon tax trading aspects and people speculating on that as well. But I think we need to look into the positive side, you know, half glass full, half glass empty. But Mm. in fact, what I see, there are a lot of companies taking seriously. And there recently was a COP27. You can see that even government here has been investing quite a big amount of time and resources to expose Singapore and what we have been doing really in the country to really transform and contribute to the world as well as to the the Singapore society. Okay, you mentioned that cultural change was identified as the largest barrier. Talk to us more about this. What are the complexities involved here and how can companies overcome this? Yeah, I think there are different generations in the company usually, right? So you have new generation and, of course, the experienced generation that is holding a lot of space in the roles and professional life. And, and balancing those cultural change, especially relate to sustainability. And really, we can see clearly in the survey as well that the younger generation is adopting much easier and understanding of what the sustainable behaviors are. So those are the elements. And in fact, what we see experience-based is that leader has to role model. If the leader doesn't role model, this will not happen. And secondly, needs to have a clear strategy. It's not just about the willingness, but as well is about the strategy that is built and how that strategy is deployed. I think a lot of leaders that I've spoken to in the business often say that they want to be able to develop a sound strategy. They just don't have enough information. So what is your advice to individuals who are in that quandary? They really want to make it happen. They just don't know how to get started and to make sure that everyone in the organization is also held accountable. Yeah, in fact, you're right. Many times I talk with even C-levels and they know that they need to do it. They don't know how to do it. And there are many companies as well that is consulting, advising, but as well, they don't know how operationally, how the execution part is done. So at the end, but the plan is as good as the execution. If the execution is poor, you know, the most beautiful plan in the world will not be able to, to be successful, right? And, and that comes with a lot of platforms that I see. I mean, in the second half of this year, we had so many platforms that was exchange of information, exchange of knowledge, you know, a learning from each other, as well as informal way of connecting in this topic. And there are companies that is really looking into that. And that's the reason that we created a new program called Schneider Electric SME Kickstart Decarbonization Program together with Enterprise Singapore, because MNCs most probably are more well resourced with technology as well as a lot of resources, while in the SMEs, small, medium-sized enterprises are not as such. And that we partner together with Enterprise Singapore to really work on the SMEs to help them to decarbonize. Mm. And what are some of these strategies that have worked in terms of getting buy-in amongst all their stakeholders? Yeah, in fact, we just started this program a few months ago and we are taking some traction. 
But the whole idea is really take the SMEs to help the SME to decarbonize. What that means, in fact, we will mentor, we will coach, or we will share our experiences, as well as handholding some of the projects. But at the end, we want as well our partners, SMEs, to enable other SMEs to decarbonize. And this is the whole core of the program, where, of course, that's why Enterprise Singapore is involved, to help not only big companies, but as well as SMEs, companies that is maybe even 70, 75% of the companies in Singapore. What techniques do you use to persuade them usually? I'm always curious about this because I do know that some people are motivated by fear. So if you tell them, hey, if you don't decarbonize, you're going to have to pay a lot in carbon taxes, they're likely to come on board. <laughs> what are some of the other techniques that you use? Yeah, I think it's a good question. But always, we, we would like to start with a carrot approach, right? Rather than a stick. <laughs> and if, it depends on what type of person you are and what type of person you're dealing with, right? That's true. That's true. But in fact, uh, we try to use the carrot approach. And in fact, that's the embarking aspects that we do with our suppliers, for instance. Because 85% of our carbon emission, in our case, ourselves as United Electric, is with scope three, which is our suppliers. And how to, you know, in the first moment is we really look into the, our suppliers where thousand suppliers, top thousand suppliers, we want to reduce 50% of their carbon reduction until 2025. And we are working together on that. And of course, that is a way of engaging in a carrot between brackets way, right? As we move forward, the demands will become even larger, some might say. So how exactly can leadership of companies of various sizes be held accountable and also be able to cultivate a sincere caring for ESG issues? Yeah, it is important that leadership team understand this is not just about enabling your company to be sustainable, but this is goes, goes even beyond holistically, is the way how today we see talents being attracted for the company that is meaningful and purposeful. It's not about just the solution and technology, it's about how to make your company more competitive as well with a better talents to really compete in the market in a positive way. And that's number one element. And number two is how you deploy this, how you share internally, informally, as well as do the proper internal training to the people to engage in this journey. For instance, we are having this week, as we speak, a week of sustainability for our internal employees and having a lot of different activities to engage them to really make sure that they understand the journey that we are in as well. So it's all about, as I said in the beginning, it's all about role modeling. Now, as we move forward, what exactly is your advice to companies who are looking for the right talent in order to power their ESG efforts? Because while a lot of people want to work in the field, not everyone might be able to do so competently. Yeah, in fact, Bharti, you said rightfully, and ESG is not only about environmental, but is a social and governance. And there are a lot of elements of well-being of the employees in this sustainable journey. It's not just about decarbonization per se, but it's about caring about the well-being of the employees. And as you see more and more people going into this journey, will be attracted for, you know, a more well-being organization, more a great place to work with. So this, I have a firm belief that this is a very instrumental and very important aspect to attract the right talents.
It's also a business imperative these days, as you've pointed out too. Thank you very much, Yun Yang Kim, Cluster President, Singapore, Malaysia and Brunei from Schneider Electric. Thanks for joining us on Prime Time. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.